Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, last week we finished up uh, on this verse, Psalm 50, uh, sorry, 4610, one of my favorite verses. This would be a great one for you to memorize. And it says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. And so what we're learning in this series is that we're learning to just believe God, to just trust the Lord. And listen, you can, you can get you can get like 12 hours of sleep every night, but if you don't learn to rest, and rest is found in the place of trust, not in the place of sleep, if you don't learn to rest and just be still and recognize God in, in, in the midst of whatever you're going through, whether you're doing really well or really bad, then, then you are not going to experience rest until you learn to just be still and trust the Lord. And this is what it says. It says that he will be exalted among the nations, not through our effort, not through our hard work, not through our blood sweat and tears, but through our trust for us being still and finding this posture in the Lord to where we can just be still in his presence. And I I want you to learn to practice that. And so last week we talked about that. What does that mean to be still as we were finished up last week? Just, that just means to yield your trust. That's what it means. Just be like, I'm I'm not trusting. Listen, I don't trust Josh Brown because I've gotten myself in too many messes, but I found whenever I can trust the Lord that not only, not only is there a peace that is found through that, what I've found is that, that anything that, that I do in that, in that seat of rest is so much more productive. Because being is where believing happens. Just being, being still. Believing is where, is the beginning of belonging. And belonging is the beginning of behaving. But it all starts in believing. It's all in that place of trust. And there's a there's a, a, a passage that's been on my mind this week. It's in Exodus chapter 14. And this is where God delivers the children of Israel from slavery, right? They were in slavery under Egypt. And they're, you know, just working. They're doing all this work for someone else. Can you imagine being enslaved, and all the work that you do just benefits another person. That's all it does. It doesn't benefit your family. It doesn't benefit your community. You're just, there's no reward for your work. That's what it really means to be a slave. There's no reward for your work. And so God says, raises up Moses. He says, I'm going to deliver them. And, And so he does. If you know the story throws all these plagues on Egypt to rescue his people. And so Moses is before Pharaoh, and he's like, let my people go. Let God's people go. Let them go. And then finally, after much judgment, Pharaoh releases God's people. Now, Egypt was a powerful army. So as they are leaving Egypt, Pharaoh's heart gets hardened, and he decides, well, maybe I want to keep them. And so he starts pursuing those that have found freedom. Listen, get this. Just because you found freedom 
doesn't mean that the road is going to be easy because we see that the road is very difficult from them to get to the place of bondage to not just the place of walking in freedom, but to the place that God has promised. Some of you have been wandering around the desert. You've been delivered. God's freed you. You're saved, but you haven't entered into a better life. You haven't really entered into it. You're still, you're still being controlled by something, and now they're being controlled by, but they're going to be controlled by the desert for 40 years. And as before they even get to the desert, Pharaoh says, we're going to take them down. And this is what happens. As Pharaoh approaches, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. So they're like, okay, God freed us up for these guys to chase us down and kill us. And they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us here to the desert to die? What have you done to us to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say leave didn't we say to you leave us alone let us serve the Egyptians? They thought they had a better life. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And Moses answered the people, "Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see important. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. Listen, some of y'all got some Egyptians that you're kind of keeping around like pets. And what's happening is they're controlling you. But God wants to get it to a, to a place to where you never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, I've heard a lot of messages stop right there at verse 14. Don't worry about the deliverance of the Lord. You just need to believe the Lord and just be still. Just be still and know that I am God. Love that. Come on, just be still. But check this out, verse 15. Now, this is what Moses tells the children of Israel. Just be still. Just trust the Lord. This too shall pass, right? The whole thing. And this is what it says in verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses. So Moses is encouraging people, just trust the Lord, just trust the Lord. Then Moses says to the people, why are you crying out to me? <laughs> well, we're crying out because we're about to die. Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea. Divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And if you know the story, this is where Moses goes in. He sticks his staff in the water. The water parts. The children of Israel go across. The, Israelite, the, 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 the Egyptians follow them. And then the Lord causes the, the waters to come back over and destroys the Israelite army. There's actually archaeological evidence of this happening in, in parts of the Red Sea. There's, there's coral and all this stuff that, that, that looks like chariots that are beneath the Red Sea. So this is an event that actually happens. So what are you saying, Pastor? So, so, so do, do we stand? Do we just be still and then we, and then we see the deliverance of God? Or do we move on? Do we move forward? Or do we stay still? Yes. See, when he says be still, what he's talking about is the posture of your heart. 
It's talking about the trust that you have in your life. And the trust will make you do this, move on. Move on to the next thing. Not move into the sea, move through the sea. And the plan was for them to move through the desert, not to the desert. God had never called the children of Israel to the desert. He called them through the desert. And some of y'all like that too much. Well, I'm just in my desert for 40 years. Listen, if you're in the desert for 40 years, that's not God's fault. That's your fault. It's because you aren't moving on. And so what is it? Is it, is it the place of trust or is it the place of moving forward? Yes. It's the place of trust as you move forward. See, faith is forward. Faith is forward. Faith is always advancing. Even when it looks stagnant. And sometimes it's really slow, but faith is always moving forward. It's not a stagnant posture. Remember, remember what we talked about? Active trust. That's what faith means. Active trust. Not just trust. Active trust. It's moving forward. So we talked a lot about faith. What, what do we do with this faith? What do we do with this stillness? What, what does faith look like? Does faith work? Because that's where we struggle. Because a lot of times we think this. Faith won't work, so I have to bring effort. No, but because you have faith, you do. Faith works. So today I want to talk for just a moment about faith that works. Because we've, we've heard about faith. We've all heard about messages of faith, right? We've seen Disney's version of faith, which is totally different. We talked about faith, but does faith work? Faith works. Faith does work. So I want to talk about a faith that works. So James chapter 2, James is kind of in a rebuke phase. He, he's talking about uh, you, you having people over for dinner, and they come over, and there's a guy that's like dressed to the nines, right? He's, he's real sharp. He's got a ring on his finger. He's got money. And then you have a guy coming in that doesn't have anything. His clothes are raggedy, and he comes in. And what you do is you set the guy that obviously has money at the front of the table. And you show favoritism to someone because they have money. And then he gets into this in verse 14. He said, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, James 2, if someone claims to have faith? And what's he talking about? He's talking about mistreating people. If someone claims to have faith, I'm a, I'm a man of faith, but I show favoritism towards those that might benefit me. Someone who claims to have faith but has no deeds or works, can such faith save them? Oh, whoa. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if, if it is not accompanied by action or works, is dead. But someone will say, well, you have faith and I have deeds. We've seen people like this in church. Well, then they got, I got faith, they got to 
to think about leave God. And that other person, he's just a workhorse. You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. I will show you my faith by my deeds. See, your deeds always reveal where your faith is. What's my level of faith? Your level of action. Now, this is the thing, is a lot of people have actions without faith. And some people claim to have faith without actions. Faith always has actions. If it doesn't have actions, it's not real faith. Then he says this, you believe there is one God? <laughs> Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Listen, it gives you no credit in heaven to go, I believe in God. Do you believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. That doesn't help you. Even demons have that kind of faith. You believe God? Congratulations. This is what he's saying. You believe God? Congratulations. Even demons have faith. You have the same faith that the devil has. That's not the kind of faith I want to have. I don't want to just have the faith that says, I believe God. I want to have the faith that's forward. This is the deal. Faith that works is the only faith that works. Faith that works is the only faith that works. See, you might claim to have faith, but do you have works? If you don't have any works, you don't have any faith. It's a dead faith. Faith always produces works. You can produce works without faith, but you don't have faith without works. Demon faith. That's what some people have. I believe God. Congratulations. James, and he continues, verse 20. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that, without faith, that faith without de deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered... Righteous, that word considered is important. Considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. Because he didn't have demon faith. I don't know why y'all think that's so funny. It's just the truth. And the scripture was fulfilled. This is Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. How do you get righteousness? By doing good things? Nope. You can't do enough good things to become righteous. There's only one way to become righteous. Accept it. You, you, listen, you receive righteousness. You don't earn it. But if you're righteous, you act righteous. It's what righteous people do. How do you know someone's righteous? Because they act righteous. Because they claim righteousness? No, because they reveal righteousness. It's revealed. You consider them righteous because of their works. Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. God's friend because of his faith. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. 
Well, I thought we were saved by faith alone. We are, but we are considered righteous. The NLT says it this way. We are shown to be righteous before God or right with God by what we do and not by faith alone. So your righteousness that doesn't have faith, yes, when you place faith in Jesus, you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if that does not have an expression, you haven't received anything. Faith works. Faith that works is the only faith that works. Three points. You okay? Good three-point sermon from the pastor today. Faith connects. Everybody say, faith connects. Faith connects. What kind of faith works? Faith that connects. Works without faith don't work. We've learned this. Faith without works is dead, but get this, and works without faith are dead. So Jesus ran across these guys that had lots of good works, but they didn't have any faith. What did Jesus focus on those guys? Well, first of all, he told them, he's like, you're, you think that your righteousness is getting you somewhere. Let's compare your righteousness for a moment. And he revealed to them how unrighteous they were no matter what they were doing. And they were doing a lot of good things. And there are even moments where Jesus affirms the things that they were doing. But he said, the problem is you're missing me. See, faith without works is dead, and works without faith are dead. So some of you think you can, you can work, you can do all this stuff and be effective, but you're not being effective unless those works are coming from a place of faith. And it might matter in the world, it might even matter in your family, but it doesn't matter to God. This is what Jesus says, John 15, 5. Y'all okay? We're talking about the connected faith. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, connected, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. This is going to happen. If you're connected to Jesus, you're going to have fruit. And this is what he says. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying, if you are not connected to the vine, if you are not connected to him, how does that happen? Through faith. If you are not connected to him, what you do doesn't matter in heaven. So you can, you can feed all the hungry people on the earth. You can cure all the diseases. But if you don't have faith, if you're not connected to Jesus, it doesn't matter in eternity. And many people are trying to live this life. If I asked you today, I always interrupt myself. If I asked you today, if you were to stand before God today, if, this, if your life is folded up and you stand before God today and he says, why should I let you into heaven? The great judge, yes, God is a judge. The great judge is standing before him. What will your answer be when he says, why should I let you in? And if you instantly move to a list of things you've done, you failed the test. The only way that we can get in is when we say, well, Lord, because you sent the one on your right hand, Jesus, to perform the work for me. Because of the blood of Christ. And then he goes, come on in. But if you get before him with the list, 
the list will fall short. I, I saw a, uh, one of those sandwich boards. You know what a sandwich board is? Like a folded up board, and they write little quotes and stuff on them. I, I, we were in South Lake a couple years ago, and I saw a quote on there by this inspirational guy, and the, the quote said this, it doesn't matter what you say you believe, it only matters what you do. It doesn't matter what you believe, it matters what you do. And most people, I would even say most Christians would say that. It doesn't matter what you believe, it matters what you do. No, 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 no. You're getting the cart before the horse. Your beliefs determine your behaviors. You're getting the works before the faith. You had to get the faith before the works. See, we do works in faith. Hebrews 6, without faith it is impossible to believe God because anyone who believes him, Hebrews 11, 6, right, must believe that he is, that's good, devil faith, and that he is a rewarder. Do you believe he's a rewarder? Everything that I do in the kingdom is believing that he's a rewarder. But he only rewards works done in faith. And this is, this is part of the reason why Jesus had such a problem with the religious people. It's not that they were doing good things. He didn't have a problem with them doing good things. The problem was they were trusting their good things. And we've got, we've got people preaching a quote-unquote gospel that has a lot to do with you. And what you do. Jump through these hoops, and then you can be right before God. And there's no mention of faith. There's no mention of trust. It's just a matter of what, are you checking the boxes? And if you check the boxes, then you can go before God. Sounds like a list to me. So what Jesus was dealing with, with the religious, believing was his primary message. Why did he say believe him? Because they were trusting the law. They were trusting a list. He said, I want you to follow me. See, in the kingdom, we begin and end in faith. You don't just have a moment of faith when you come up to the altar. Yes, have that. Or in your shower. Or if it was me, it was in my bedroom. Been hearing the gospel, and then finally I trusted God. I had in my mom, one of the things that kept me Get this, one of the things that kept me from being right before God is that I thought I had to measure up and then I come to God. And then what I found out is that I wasn't very good at measuring up. I really stink at being good. However, if I will trust Jesus, if I will dump my life out before him and trust him for my entire life, then what happens is this Holy Spirit will live in me and through me and my life produces. Then I started doing pretty good. But without him, not very good. Hit or miss. So we don't just get connected through faith. We stay connected through faith. Get this. Let me just continue to lay the groundwork on this. You cannot be made righteous by doing anything, but by trusting someone. It's the only way you'll become righteous, by trusting someone, and that someone is Christ. In Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, that's what makes you right with God. That's revealed in your works. It's revealed in your fruit. I, I love what Martin Luther says, the great reformer. We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. 
don't give me, I asked Jesus to come into my heart when I was six years old and then I was saved. And you never lived like it. I would say if you never lived like you were saved, it's because you weren't saved. No matter what the, the words that you said, if, if there wasn't a core belief that determined the, the root of your life, then nothing happened in that moment. You prayed a prayer. You know how I know? Because I prayed that prayer every day for about 10 years. And I don't believe I was saved, not one of them, because I was trusting some little token prayer that wasn't even biblical. But it was when I was 18 years old and I was in my living room and I said, Lord, I'm really not very good at keeping all the rules. And he's like, I know. That's why I sent Jesus. The law is fulfilled in him. If you trust him, it'll, the works will show up in your life. And then the works became fruit, not works. Isn't it interesting that we have the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit? Some of y'all have a lot of works of the flesh. It's because you're not rooted in the vine. So faith, we love that moment. We believe, I, I, when when I, when I actually trust Jesus, I'm, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't grow into the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. That moment whenever I surrender, when I yield my life. However, it is not just about a moment. It's a lifestyle. Faith isn't a moment. It's a lifestyle. So Luke chapter 6, y'all okay? Luke chapter 6, no tree bears bad fruit, verse 43 doing really bad with telling you where it's at. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings up the good things out of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings the evil things out of the evil stored in his heart. And then he says this, look, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If your reaction to every sudden disappointment, for a light word, is filthy language, that's what your heart's full of. How do you get evil things in your heart? You store them there. How do you get good things in your heart? You store them there. That's how you get them there. This is why we've been talking about get in the word, right? Get into the word till the word gets in you. You want the word to be manifest in your life? Then you've got to plant, you've got to store the word in your heart. If all you're doing is, is binging on Netflix and watching filth all the time and reading garbage and all that, you, you wonder why the, what's coming out of your, because that's what you stored there. This is best revealed in our kids. Your kid has a filthy mouth. Where did they learn it from? Who put storage in there? Who stored their filthy mouth? Who stored their anger problems? Who invested in their heart? Did you invest the word? Or did you invest carnality? By the example you set, by the words that you spoke, by the way that you acted when somebody disappointed you or made you angry? 
When we sow seeds of faith, we produce the fruit of faithfulness. And faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. So faith-filled people are faithful people. So whenever I see someone and they've got a really bad track record, they're up this week, they're down next week, they're up this week, they're down. You know what that means? That means they don't have any faith. Or they've got really weak faith and they need to grow their faith. So faith is connected. Number two is this, faith walks. Faith walks. Right? It's what we call the walk of faith or the life of faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. That means that we don't live according or walk according to our feelings, our circumstances, a dramatic experience, the behaviors of others. We don't live by that. We don't live according to who's, who's sitting in the, the president's seat or the governor's seat. None of that dictates my life. My faith dictates my life. Faith lives with conviction. We act like Jesus. Why do we act like Jesus? Because we are possessed by the same spirit that Jesus was possessed by. That's why we live with conviction. The Holy Spirit isn't, isn't there to just make you feel bad about all the stuff that you've done. He actually convicts you of righteousness. He will convict you of the stupid things that you do. He absolutely will. We didn't see this in Jesus because he didn't do anything stupid. But we act like Jesus because we have a conviction to live like Jesus. Not because we have a law or a, a list telling us how to do it. We do have a list. We do have an example in Jesus. But we do it. God said, it, he said, I will write my law on your hearts. I will give you a new spirit. And so then it's not like, oh, i got to produce this in my life. It just flows. So faith lives with conviction. Faith lives with meaning and intentionality. Life doesn't live us. I live life. I decide what happens in my life. I decide because I'm a person of faith. Faith walks in dominion. We walk in victory from a place of victory. Jesus won on the cross. Therefore, that victory is lived out in my life. Therefore, no power of hell has any authority. Listen, the devil does not control me. Oh, the devil made me do it. What, what is wrong with you? The devil is not your master. Listen, the devil is not your influencer. We walk in victory from victory. You have victory because of what Jesus did on the cross, not because you're so disciplined. We have victory over sin, and we have victory over self. And faith walks in obedience to Jesus. Obedience is the active part of trust. And when we talk about sin, many times we think, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Listen, there are sins called the sins of commission, which means like you participated and you committed a sin, which we all do probably today already. And then there's the sins of omission, which we all definitely did today. And the sins of omission are just things that were good that I didn't do it. And James says this, if a man knows to do good and he doesn't do the good thing, then he sins. 
So you might be able to get by with the commission, right? Oh, I didn't commit any sins today. I didn't look at pornography or I didn't, you know, treat someone bad or, you know, cuss at the person out that cut me off in traffic or slid on the ice. Right? But I didn't read the word. But I didn't go out of my way to be nice or kind or pray for someone who needed prayer. Just what I didn't do. That's how you miss the mark. Faith walks in obedience. Don't just listen to the word, James 1.22. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. So in other words, don't claim to have faith and not have deeds. You gotta walk the walk. And part of walking the walk is talking the talk. So faith doesn't just walk. Faith talks, right? 2 Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I believe, therefore I've spoken. Since we all have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. Your words, just like your deeds, will reveal where your faith is. Do you talk like a man or a woman of faith? Or do you talk like an unbeliever? Do you talk like a doubter? Do you talk like a skeptic? How do you talk? Talking the talk is part of the walk. We need more walkers. People need to walk the line, toe the line. We need to follow Jesus appropriately, be kind, all that kind of stuff. But we also need to talk the talk. Because if you're not talking the talk, you're not walking the walk. Listen, beloved, we have a good report. We've received really good news, so we always lead with that. Not because we're optimistic or unbothered or unhuman. It's because we're people of faith. Listen, I love vulnerability. You know that. Most of you are here because there is a vulnerability on this house. Most of us are here for that. I love that. However, we are also people of faith, and we need to bring the good word. It's okay to be honest and say, listen, this is where I'm at, but this is where I'm going. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I don't feel well today, but I believe by the stripes I am healed. Today I'm feeling like a two on my emotional level, but baby, I'm going to a four tomorrow. And I'm going to wake up early before anybody else is up. And I'm going to get with the Lord and I'm going to feast on his word because I believe in his word there is life. What are you doing? You're declaring. We're, listen, we're not optimistic. We're hope-domistic. We're optimistic, and we have hope because we believe. Our confession is in line with our salvation. I belong to God. Roman, check this out, Romans 10. We, we use this for salvation all the time, but, but get this in the grand scheme of things. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by openly declaring your faith that you're saved. Are you declaring your faith? Are you a man or woman of faith? I'm not talking about you just got up whenever you got saved and you said, I'm, I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to Jesus. No, 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 no. You understand that your declaration determines your direction. That you have a good report. It doesn't mean that you're just like all like bubbly all the time because you're going to have days that are hard. But you do know how to dig deep and get that word of faith that you've stored in there and then you're able to speak good things even when it's rotten. Even when they're ugly to you, even when you're mistreated, even when someone who's supposedly righteous hurts you, you can still speak the good word. 
And you don't have to speak from a place of offense. You speak from a place of forgiveness because you know that you've been rescued and you know that you've been redeemed and you know that you screwed up too, but the Lord rescued you and the Lord values you. So you don't have to speak bad against anybody else because you realize that you're really in the same boat until you trusted Jesus. Our declaration determines our direction. You want to get better? Start talking about that. Stop talking about what you're bitter about. See, we don't complain because complainers are drainers. And we don't grumble because grumble leads to stumble. We don't spread gossip. We share the gospel. We talk more about the promise than the problems. We speak of blessings more than bills. And we declare Christ is greater than the crisis. Whatever crisis you're dealing with or you dealt with, Christ is greater than the crisis. So when you're going through a crisis, just murder those words. Murder those words that says, it was better when we were in Egypt. Go, Christ is greater than the crisis. And you might only be able to do it when you're in your car alone, when you feel defeated. And you feel like all the weight is on your body. Just use your mouth. Therefore, you believe. Therefore, you speak. Christ is greater than my crisis. He's greater. And he's the one I trust. I'm not trusting for a different situation. I'm trusting in the one who provides all the solutions. It's found in him. And let me just say this. I'm going to end with this point. Biblical faith isn't just the word that you need. And this is kind of where we've gone kind of astray in the, in the, the declaring, you know, people call it word of faith movement or whatever, whatever, whatever language, whatever label you want to put it on. I don't care. I just want to speak what the Bible tells me to do. I believe, therefore, I speak. I, I want to be that way. I don't care what the labels are. But, but one of the things that we've gotten messed up in is we think that our declaration is all just about me. It's all about making my life better and improving me and, you know, just I need to have victory today and I need to get the best parking spot at Walmart. I need to get the best deal instead of blessing somebody who actually needs more money. <laughs> I've ran a business with Christians and they always, they don't, they don't want to be a blessing. They just, they want to get the best deal. And there's, there's a point of being frugal, but we're blessed to be a blessing. But one of the things that faith does is faith spreads the gospel. So I don't just have faith for my life. I have faith for those that I'm encountering on a daily basis. And we, we, we do weird things sometimes. We, we have these little sayings that we adopt that aren't biblical. So we'll say stuff like, well, I'm just praying for them that they'll get saved. Great prayer. I'm just praying the Lord reveals himself to them in a special way. Great prayer. There's nothing I can say, nothing I can do. They're just going to have to, it'll have to be through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Look at what Romans tells us in that same passage where he's talking about confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. This is what he says in verse 14. He says, how can they call on him to save them 
unless they believe in him. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm praying that they'll believe him. And how can they believe in him unless they've never heard about him? Well, so I'm praying that the Lord will speak to them. And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? So often we're praying for the harvest. Jesus said you don't have to pray for the harvest. The harvest is ready. What we need to do is preach to the harvest. Well, they'll, they'll know I'm a Christian by my good works. Listen, you can, you can do plenty of good works without having Jesus. You can be a great Jehovah's Witness without following Jesus. In fact, I would argue that many Jehovah's Witnesses live better life, live a more moral life than a lot of the people in this room. Preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. I get what you're saying. You're saying walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah, I get that. But that's not how people are converted. People are converted by hearing the gospel. Are you going to tell them? And listen, people that are full of faith, they spread the gospel. And so there's a neighbor that you've been praying for that you need to tell. I believe, therefore I spoke. There's a coworker that needs the Lord that you've been praying for. And I would say it's just like Moses and the children of Israel. Why are you praying? Go. So you don't, you don't ever have to pray about sharing the gospel with someone. You don't ever have to pray about it. Amen. Amen. So spread the gospel.